Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, welcome to Parenting the Adlerian Way. I'm your host, Adlerian family counselor and parenting expert, Allison Schaefer. Each week, I answer your burning parenting questions to help reduce the stress of parenting one tip at a time. We'll explore Adlerian psychology together and learn methods of child guidance for raising a happy, confident, capable, resilient child. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. As you know, I have two formats for this show. One is to interview people, and I hope you've been enjoying those, and we'll have more upcoming. And also to offer free advice to people who send me their questions through my hashtag AskAllison or to my email that's in the show notes. And I have just a couple for today. The first one uh, comes here saying, are you able to talk about ticks in children? My son is 10 and I feel he's always had some sort of tick, perhaps since the age of four or five. I've always been told by many people, even our pediatrician, to just ignore it. But he's 10 now and still has them. His ticks have put a big toll on our relationship because we nag and he gets upset that we are telling him to stop something he can't control. Any advice? Well, yes. So let's talk about ticks. I think the first thing to know is that um, when we're looking at this behavior, to your child's point, he's saying, I can't control it. Well, there is voluntary control of certain behaviors, um, and then there's involuntary control of some behaviors. And then there's this third category that is called involuntary, which is a little bit different. It's involuntary, voluntary, and involuntary. And the involuntary seems to be where the ticks happen because there does seem to be some ability for kids to suppress their tick. It is generally a, first of all, it's a common phenomena. And it usually starts in young children or, or in, in teenagehood. And most of the time, 
they do just, they're transient and they kind of resolve themselves within, you know, a year or so. They, they kind of outgrow them, they figure them out, or they develop enough of those suppression techniques that they just manage their way out of the system. Then there are kids who really goes on a little bit more chronic, and generally the problem is that they're embarrassed by it or people are starting to tease them about it. And so then it becomes uh, an issue, more of a social issue for them. And their motivation to want to get these things under control is um, is greater. And then there is more the Tourette's syndrome, which you would recognize as being um, a lot more severe, a lot more interfering and noticeable. And usually it's comorbid with something else, some other OCD, something else going on at the same time. And then we're going into different therapies. But just for the average family listening to this that might have a child who for example, clears their throat, or it could be sort of tweaking of their head position, or something that they do with their hands or their fingers, um, a little bit of a flap or something like that. You might notice it with blinking eyelids that, you know, they're just blinking more than they need to to wet the eyeball. It kind of comes across looking a little ticky, little ticky. <laughs> so so when we first see it at its onset, to your point, is I think really to it, it, generally say, if it's not causing harm to, to the person, if it's not causing harm to their social interactions, not interfering with the social order of the household, wh- why get into it? It's uh, nothing to to give any mind or attention to. So I would, I would downgrade it, not notice it, uh, let it be. So most of those will just the the letting it go will uh, will let it resolve. Now it's interesting in this involuntary, involuntary, voluntary realm that uh, when Adler was working with um, children that had ticks, he would use a technique called paradoxical or anti-suggestion, which he created. But apparently, this is something that also comes from uh, a bit of a Zen tradition. And just again, so people know that um, the paradox as a technology is also seen in a lot of other major theorists. So you'll see this in the humanistic psychologists of um, Abraham Maslow, Rollo May, Carl Rogers, but all of those people all trained under Adler. So I'm assuming that they were influenced or learned this intervention likely in, in training with Adler. But it's this idea then that if somebody presents with a nervous tick or whatever, and it's something that they are presenting as a symptom, Adler might, instead of trying to make the symptom go away, and then the client kind of wins at saying, see, you can't make my symptom go away. I defeat you. You know, this thing's out of my control. He reverses that. And so what he says is, oh, okay, so let's, let's don't get rid of the symptom. Let, let's hold on to this tick. Um, how, how bad can it get? Can you show me what it looks like when it's worse than it is now? And so suddenly we've got this shift really in, in being able to control it. And either if the client can make it worse, and sometimes I do this, you know, with, um, with other symptoms, if the client can make it worse, then that shows them that they have this locus of control that they didn't feel they had before. It's like, well, if you've found a way to turn the volume up on this symptom, then that's exactly the same control button that you can turn it down. So if you can make yourself more anxious, if you can make yourself tick more, then maybe you can make yourself 
tick less. But it goes, it, it changes them from being able to be in this antagonist position with the behavior or against the therapist trying to to, to get rid of it. <laughs> now, certainly, if we are looking at working with kids that are wanting to come up with some strategies because they're ticking and now they're getting embarrassed and they, they want to kind of get on top of this. Again, one of the ways to help them get some control is to is what they call is a, like a um, the kind of therapy is a, a um, like a replacement therapy where you help the child recognize when they are going to get this the sensation there's a there's like a prodrome of you know when they can feel that there's sort of this buildup of energy just before the body discharges this you know twig your twig your muscle or make make that yawn or make that that weird mouth grimace that you make they can feel it coming and then we say well let's switch it to something that maybe is less likely to stand out so instead of making a grimace for example say you know why don't you fake that you're making a yawn or when you feel like your hand needs to make that flapping motion maybe just make it look like you're stretching or something so that's something that doesn't stand out and a lot of people have ticks and they've learned these you know whether they went to a an actual habit reversal therapy or they just figured it out on their own it kind of follows the same the same path but certainly uh, the other thing that we target is is the parental anxiety around it. Usually the problem is bigger for the parent than it is for the child. And that it is in our worry that this needs to be stopped and needs to be controlled and you, you know that there's this greater anxiety in the parent that just transfers to stress to the child and as the stress goes up our likelihood of ticks goes up. <laughs> so there does seem to be a correlation between stress and, and ticks. And uh, so we want to do anything we can do to bring the stress down. So first of all, just chill. You know, they don't don't think that just because your kids haven't ticked that there's something bigger or more problematic or, or, or more worrisome than it is. So do your own anxiety check-in. And for kids, let's find other ways for them to learn to reduce their stress load. And of course, you know, I'm the big fan of the mindfulness meditation. And research proves that that does indeed reduce ticking behavior. Um, so if you haven't listened to my podcast with Kid Evolve founder, uh, Kristen Chase, check out that episode. Uh, she's got a wonderful program for kids uh, learning how to do guided meditations and whatnot. So I hope that that is uh, helpful. Stop the nagging. Um, give them some um, ideas for what they might do to, to try to substitute a different behavior when the tick arises. And just, just wait it out. Just wait it out. Alrighty, um, question number two. My anxious teenager shows no interest in getting her driver's license. Should I force her? I think it would be good for her self-esteem, and I don't like her riding the subway during COVID. Uh, well, um, I'm sorry that you're uh, faced with dealing with an anxious teenager. I know that that's a lot of extra work on parents. I've been on that journey. But when we answer the question, should I force her? When it comes to, to children, and most especially teenagers, but children, and I can say, in fact, all other people, Generally speaking, forced behavior backfires at some way or the other. As we say, you might win the battle, but you'll lose the war. It'll come at a cost. So forcing kids to do things, forcing other human beings, people don't like to be forced. People don't like to be controlled. 
They, they, the, the idea of being intrinsically motivated as opposed to manipulated, either through punishments or rewards, has always been more gratifying. And that is, you know, you said her goal is that you want her to have good self-esteem. I think the self-esteem would be even more greatly improved if, if out of her own motivation, she decided that this was a goal she wanted to accomplish for herself. And let's remember, although we live in a society where driving a car is common, it's not something that is required for social living. If you know what I mean. In terms of when I say pick your battles, <laughs> you know, there is. There, I want to focus on kids learning the skills on how to be a civic human being who knows how to be in right relation with others and who has a, a, a moral center and has character development and knows how to cooperate with her fellow man and use her gifts and talents for the betterment of humankind. That does not require a driver's license. Right. So it's voluntary whether she decides for herself whether she wants to drive or not or whether she'd like to carpool, TTC it. That's really up to her, you know, if she wants to go through the extra effort for that. In fact, both my grandparents uh, did not have driver's license. They did at one point. I don't think they even had driver's license back in their day, but they rolled a rolled a car and decided that's it, never driving again. And my grandfather was a traveling salesman. He took the train and the bus everywhere, and he, he um, you know, so even in a job that required travel, he didn't use a car. So it is possible. There are people who just decide not to drive. <laughs> So, no, I wouldn't force her. I think you could certainly tell her the benefits. And uh, I, I might tell her that um, it's, uh, it is a skill you can learn any time in your life, but it does seem to be something that's like language. There is something about learning when you're a teenager because even though she might be a more anxious type child, the truth is the brain is wired a little bit more to be a bit of a thrill seeker, believe it or not. <laughs> it does different risks assessment. And so there is something about getting it around the time that your peers do. But that's not to say that she doesn't get it later. So the process will always be available to her. So I would just point that out to her. And maybe some benefits in terms of, yeah, well, you don't have to take the, the TTC. And you, know, you might be able to have your license so you could come home from school if you go off to university and you have a car. would make more opportunity for visiting and things. But at some point, the rubber will hit the road and she'll decide for her that it is worth facing the anxiousness that it creates within her to actually get behind the wheel. And I remember my daughter, although she did get her driver's license and she did drive, she really didn't like getting on the highway. And of course, she could avoid that for a long, long time until eventually she needed to get on that highway to see her friends when we moved back to Toronto and her friends were still back up in Newmarket and Aurora area. So the only way to get there really was those highways to be efficient. And um, and so that was worth it for her to to get over the heartbeat, the tingling arms, the, the stress that it created and get on with it. And so the, the wantingness to conquer it and to say, don't ruin my good time. Stop. I do not want you to interfere with me getting up to see my friends, you nasty anxiety. I'm putting you in your place. You know, you need to have that kind of sort of attitude to want to mount it and overcome it. Um, it's not going to have that same passionate drive if you're saying, like, my mummy wants me to, right? It's really got to come from within. So just be really supportive. Don't force. And uh, and hopefully when the time is right, that will be something that she she takes on for herself. So I hope that is, uh, is helpful. And um, thank you all again for your questions. If you have other questions for me, send them in to my allison at allisonshafer.com email address or private message me through any of my social media handles. And look forward to more interviews coming up next week. Take care. Happy parenting. 
As you know, it takes a village to make a podcast. So thanks to my team, including Max Cotter, my editor and technician, as well as the crew at H2O Digital. This podcast was recorded in Toronto, Canada. We acknowledge the land we are meeting on is the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat people, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit and Métis. We also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.